0: Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers, 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725, or go online to TransformationsTreatment.Center. Calling us from the Baltimore, Maryland area, Police Officer Gregory Parker, also known as Officer Parker, and he's from my old agency from the Baltimore Police Department, which I retired from back in 1992 Gregory, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated.
1: Yes, sir, man. I'm happy to be here.
0: It's taken a while to get you on. I've been aware of what you've been doing for a long time. For those who don't know, besides being an excellent police officer, which, by the way, is very hard in the Baltimore Police Department, and he is also what we call a social media influencer. That's a new term that's popped up I've seen in the last few years. And your big thing is fitness and motivation and changing your perspective, changing your mindset, changing from where you come from. Uh, We're going to talk about all that stuff. But one of the things I love about this interview, Gregory, is you get to show... The person, the human being behind the badge. And we don't get enough of that.
1: Exactly. Right, right. Yeah, so I I, I try to let people know that behind the badge, behind that uniform, behind that gun, we're just a person. You know, we're people just like you. We're we're everyday people. We have kids. Some of us play video games. Some of us play sports. Myself, I'm into fitness. I'm into the social media. I am an influencer. So, you know, behind all that gear they see, you know, that wall. We're just regular, everyday people.
0: Yeah, and and doing a job that, well, I'll be honest with you, let's encompass all the things that modern-day police do. They're expected to be social workers, they're expected to be mental health counselors, they're expected to be uh, drug addiction, substance abuse counselors, family, domestic dispute uh, social workers. EMTs they're supposed to be experts in constitutional law. They're supposed to be experts in state law. They're supposed to be experts in criminal law, patrol tactics, and also use of force. That's a lot to ask of one person. And it's just a human, just someone doing the best they can.
1: Yeah, I know. Absolutely. That that is that is a that is an extreme amount of things to to ask not only for a person to do but for a person to perfect, right? So Police can't get it wrong, okay? They just, they, they, in today's society, they can't be wrong. And, and And that's a problem because you're asking a human being, you're asking a person by nature who who is faulty to be perfect and not be perfect at one thing but to be perfect at at ten different things and and that's where the problem sets in because they they, they don't realize they don't see they don't understand that we are human beings, okay we're subject to fault. I read something the other day and it really baffled it really baffled me because The world really believes that in the line of police work that there can be no faulty moving pieces. And I said, well, then in that case, you cannot ever have a existing police force, because if it's made, if it's if that police force contains any human person, any human being, then they will be subject to fault because. By our very nature, we are born into fault. We're Absolutely. faulty. Absolutely. We can never be perfect. No, I'm, Are I'm is never there been. ways we can have more training? Sure. Can we do reform? Absolutely. But we will never get away from being faulty. That is just our nature. That is the nature of the human being.
0: The other thing is we tend as a society nowadays to judge someone on their entirety by five minutes by the worst five minutes of their life so if if you're a cop in baltimore or anywhere else and i'm not talking about minneapolis people will love to jump to assumptions that was inexcusable that was horrible that was a criminal act no matter how you slice it but if you look at anybody they're going to have moments where they're not going to be in their best game. They're not going to be in their A game. They're going to say something they shouldn't say. They're going to get upset. They're going to be human, as you say, and they're going to react. And
1: people are like, let's fire them. Absolutely, yeah. So so the thing is, is you can do good for 29 years out of your 30-year career, and on the last day, you may get – Let's say out of line. Let's say you have a rioter in your face or or a protester in your face and, and they spit on you. It's not going to matter how many lives you saved for the past 29 years. It's not going to matter how many families you kept together for the past 29 years. It's not going to matter how much CPR you performed. The last 29 years. It's not going to matter. None of that is going to matter. What is going to matter is what the media captures in that moment on your last day, because that is how they are going to define you in the public eye. That little moment, that five second moment that they are going to turn into a five minute clip is going to define you for the rest of your life. It's going to define your entire 30 year career, not the other 29. And that's what's, so, that's what's so 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 strange about the way the media works is that obviously, the things that they get clicks from, the, the, the content that they get their views from, is negative. It's always negative. During, during the course of, of the protests and the riots we saw, there were a lot of peaceful protesters, and I can speak on that because I was on the front line, but that was never really portrayed in the media, and, and that's a bad thing, because, like I said, they will take the five minutes. They will take the one year out of your 30 year career and they will allow that. They will make that define who you are as a person.
0: We expect a lot of our police. And I, I can talk like this with Gregory because I'm retired from the Baltimore Police Department and these sort of things were drilled in our heads from day one. I know people don't believe it. I know they want to assume that we don't care or all these other things you hear, especially on social media. I remember the first day in the academy We were started being told, you have an honor and an obligation and a duty to fill, fulfill rather, uh, and respect the traditions that are laid out by this department and all those who put their lives on the line, lost their lives, or were severely disabled before.
1: Correct, yeah. So, uh, for the people who haven't obviously been through a police academy, and and even some of the people who haven't may have just forgotten, but yeah, from day one, you're always... Your your number one thing that you're trained on is integrity. Right. All right. You know you have you have your integrity, your morals, and, and, and you you maintain that. You never lose your moral compass. You never lose your 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 ability to to see, engage how and how and what it feels like to be humane, because that supersedes anything at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And you, you're never supposed to lose that. You're never really supposed to stray from that. And and sometimes, unfortunately, we go. go back to police officers being humans, and that they are fault. I think that there is a certain amount of playroom and leeway to where an officer does stray, not from his integrity, but does stray from his uptight persona. You know, he can't always be uptight. Some days he may have seen something that may have triggered him and, and he may need some time alone. He may He may be a little more quiet and that's okay. It's okay for him to not be a robot and people don't understand that but they, they always expect police officers to be, you know, they're very uptight. They're, they, they can't laugh, they can't joke, they can't and they can't lounge around some days. You know, re- I saw a recent posts where the world is now up in arms that police officers are lounging around doing protests, and I'm like, y- you guys have to understand, these cops have probably been working 24 hours. So
0: when you have a chance, check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. When you get there, click, like, and follow. As click, like, and follow Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. All right, we gotta take a break. We are talking with Gregory Parker, Police Officer Parker. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Finally, our heroes have access to a world class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. turner conversation with officer gregory parker on the law enforcement today show it's a pleasure to have him here he is a active duty baltimore police officer uh, and i retired from the same agency i retired before gregory came on we've never met except on social media and when i say that social media in addition to being a great police officer he's also a social media influencer where some of the places online people can follow you
1: Uh, My main page would be Officer Parker. Um, You can search me on Facebook. And that that would be one of my main pages. And my secondary page, Instagram, would be officer underscore Parker dot G. Officer underscore Parker dot G. And those are my main accounts that I use. So you guys can follow me on there.
0: There's a lot of motivational stuff on there. And I see you doing this all the time, Gregory, is I, I became aware of you a long time ago when you were Physically built like a lot of police in Baltimore. And I was, I'm not like that right now. You were tipping the scales about, what, 240-ish? Uh
1: My top was 257.
0: Yeah, and I saw pictures of you there. And you, you didn't look like uh, the blimp or anything like that. But certainly you're carrying an a lot of extra weight. Somehow you got motivated to get physically fit again. And what is your current weight now?
1: Uh Currently sitting at 185.
0: Dude, I've been 185 since... <laughs> two days. I think I graduated from high school at 185. Uh, when, I, yeah. <laughs> when I hit the streets in Baltimore, I was two two hundred and uh in my prime, I was benching like three hundred pounds, and I was two two ten. And then you know the eating, the stress, shift work, and, and never getting a, a lunch—all that took its toll.
1: Oh yeah, and and the and the weight
0: comes on very very quickly, and it's a lot harder to get off, especially the older you get. You're still a young man. Wait till you're my age. I was trying to keep it off. Yeah. as I as I climb the age. What motivated you to do this?
1: Oh man, I think I just got tired. I think I was just I think I was just tired. When you get to a point where you're, and you know how the weight loss thing goes. You know, you start, you fail, you start, you fail, and and it's an ongoing cycle for years. And before you know it, you know a decade has passed, and you're still the same weight. And with regards to me, I just got tired. But I didn't only get tired of of being. Unfit and unhealthy, I I I got tired of being of making excuses. I got tired of of being tired. So I I got self motivated, you know. I literally just took a step back. I, I did my research and I found a program for me. I'm not here to sell a program, I don't sell programs, but I found what worked for me and I ran with it. My motivation was just literally I was tired of being tired. I got tired of my own excuses.
0: You were doing what a lot of us did, and it's very important. It would be obvious why in a moment. I used to lift a lot of weights, and I've been out of the gym for a while, but I need to get back in. And part of it was that to have the physical strength in case of a physical altercation with one or two people that you could try to control them till help got there. So that was always important. And then cardio is important as well in law enforcement, but working crazy shifts we changed every 28 days back when i was a rookie we we worked midnight 4 to 12 day work we had rotating days off you never got a lunch break it was just very hard on your system and after a while we didn't have time and people love to make this stereotypical joke they see overweight police well they should make physical fitness requirement well we never got time to train Unless you were in a special unit like SWAT or QRT, you never got a chance to train. You're too busy humping radio calls.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: And it's a, a mindset that you go from one call to another. to an, We would start our shift. I'll say 4 to 12, for example, in or Baltimore. You do roll call. You get your battery-free radio. You wait for the car to come in. You switch cars. And there's one or two calls already lined up waiting for you and it was nonstop until you got off at midnight or 1 o'clock because usually you just got stuck late.
1: Exactly, and it's, it's still that way. We're not on the 4 and 3 schedule anymore, which is the 4 days on and the 3 days off. We're actually on a, uh, we're on a, ten and two, on a 5 and 2. So the schedules have changed. We're on the shorter, shorter hours, but the job has not changed. I mean, we come out of roll call sometimes. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. There's already 4 or 5 calls pending for you. You know, when, when are you going to have time to sit down? You know, when you get that child abuse, which is a, a four or five hour long call, when are you going to have that time to sit down and actually not, not only eat, but actually have a healthy selection of food or, or, or be able to be, put yourself in a position where you can have a healthy selection of food? Because when you haven't eaten for, for eight, nine, 10, 11 hours, it's not really necessarily going to be about selection at this point. You're going to eat what you can eat and you're going to keep on going. As that happens over the years, in the, the crazy hours, they're still changing, they're going to 12 hours, going back to eight hours, they're sometimes getting held over overnight. It's going to come on, and it's going to come on very quickly. The other thing, too, about that,
0: Gregory, is, and I, I'm by no means a, a fitness type person like you are, it affects my mood. The way I eat has a direct f- effect on my mood, my temperament, my patience level. We would literally try to squeeze in a donut or a convenience store hot dog and a cup of coffee and slosh it down as you're going to another call. And I remember times trying to throw coffee at a window and the window's still closed and I have it all over me. And I'm not saying that to look for sympathy. I want people to understand the demands, physical demands that are put on our police in in major American cities and across the United States, even... When it's not life and death calls, i'm just talking about routine police work
1: oh yeah man it's 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 a lot of work it's a, um the, the fact that it's it's never it's always going there's rarely a moment of, of peace there's rarely a moment of downtime that is like it goes back to people thinking that police officers are perfect. it goes back to people thinking that Police officers don't need breaks, so that, that they're robots, that they can, they can function without eating for, for 20 hours, that they can function without resting for eight hours, that they can, they can live and in, in go about their day as a normal person with two and a half hours of sleep, and, and that's a problem. That's a problem. The stress on police officers, not even in just a, uh, major cities, but in America, is, is almost overwhelming. It is. You know? And and I, as much as I them. hate to bring this up, as much as I hate to say this because it saddens me, but if we take a look at at the suicides, I think that speaks for itself. Yeah,
0: it does. It, Gregory, you, you were so right. But the the obligation to take care of yourself is on the individual officer. And this is also part of the squad effect, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh people often confuse this with this Hollywood stigma of the thin blue line of silence, which I've never found to be the case. We demand a lot of each other. There's an old saying I hear a lot of nowadays, no one hates a bad cop more than a good cop. And 99.9% of us out there do an awesome job every day. and We do an awesome job 99.9% of the time, but we are human. We are talking with Officer Gregory Parker from the Baltimore Police Department, my old agency. We're going to be talking more about Motivation, physical fitness, and where this has taken him, which might surprise many of you. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one of a kind editorials and news articles that is our facebook page law enforcement today radio show be sure to click like and follow don't go to work we'll be right back
1: all too often we find ourselves getting asked where can i find other great podcasts do you have any suggestions because of this we decided to create our own network of podcasts here on law enforcement today You can access top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and free app. Head to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you will find our network link where we will continue to add podcasts from first responders and more. Remember, that's letradioshow.com to find out more information about law enforcement today, our podcast network, and to download our free app, letradioshow.com.
0: back to our conversation with police officer parker officer parker also known as police officer gregory parker of the baltimore police department and man, i can tell you Gregory, it's so good to have another baltimore brother in blue on the air when i say brother that's another misconception people have that includes our female officers as well <laughs> i just don't know where exactly people, exactly yeah. most definitely and when i say guys <laughs> that means men and women as well and um there, there are few people in the world that get me the way that you guys get me. And i say law enforcement in general understands me, but the ones who work in Baltimore understand me more, I think, because we have a very similar background. Something about, and I'm not saying it's a negative, I've got a lot of pride, a lot of pride in my service in Baltimore, and I worked with some awesome police. But something changes you when you are in the middle of, and I don't expect you to comment on this. When you are in the middle of gunfire and, and there's bodies on the ground, and it happens a lot in Baltimore, and you are expected to do your job and keep your cool, and you are part of a squad, you become very, very close. It doesn't. It, it's impossible not to become that close with each other.
1: I, yeah, I can agree. I can agree with that. Um, and I can definitely speak on on certain things, obviously, as, as well as you know. But yeah, when you're in When you're in stressful situations, when you're in demanding situations, when you're in life or death situations and you look around and it's the same people that have been there with you wearing the same uniform, oh yeah, it absolutely brings you guys closer. You know, you guys have a sense of pride uh, about the unit you're in or a sense of pride about the squad you're in and it's stressful, absolutely, dangerous, absolutely, but that squad love, there's nothing like that
0: it's one uh, one of a kind and I wish everybody could experience that uh, but certain things you have to do on your own and you made this amazing transformation where you went from 257 pounds you said I think to 187 is that correct? 185 yes sir yep. 185 and you work out a lot Yeah, obviously watch what you eat which I don't do either of anymore uh, and the results right. have been spectacular for those do you have a photo on your Facebook page of you the before and the
1: after? Yeah, there's, there's a ton of photos up there of, of my before and after, as well as on my Instagram.
0: All right, so just do a search on Facebook for Officer Parker, and, and you'll see the before and after. As a result of doing this, obviously you were athletic when you are younger, and you're not an old man now, but uh, something became possible for you to do that wouldn't normally be the case if you still, still were walking around 250-plus pounds. What was that?
1: Correct. So, yeah, after I had lost, I would say, roughly 70 to 80 pounds, you know, I was all, my Instagram was, was blowing up. My Facebook was blowing up and I got a call. I got a call one day and I thought it was like some telemarketer because it was some random number I didn't notice, a California number. And I answered the phone and this lady's on the phone and she's like, hey, are you Officer Parker? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. She, she goes and says, hey, I follow you on Instagram. And I, I immediately thought something weird because I'm a cop. Like, why are you, how'd you get my number? And she says, uh, yeah, well, I found you in a database and we're hosting a show with The Watt Brothers from the NFL, the show is going to be called Ultimate Tag. We would like to fly you out here to be a contestant on our show. We enjoyed your page. We enjoyed, you know, your weight loss was awesome. And we we saw a foot chase of you that went viral. You know, we'd like to invite you out here on the show. Now, I'm thinking in my head, there's no way that J.J. Watt, the Watt Brothers, saw this. There's, There's just absolutely no way an NFL star cares anything for this. But lo and behold. A few months later, here I was in Burbank, California, Hollywood, California, shooting this intense, high-octane TV show, Ultimate Tag. I I had a blast. I mean, you never know where the the success from your struggles are going to take you. You never know the reward you're going to get from the risk you take until you take it. I saw
0: that video. It's from a helicopter. I'm not sure if it was a news helicopter or the police helicopter. Long story short... There was a a car chase that the guy bailed out and took off on foot, and and you gave chase and and ran him down, I believe you tackled him, and and took him into custody and walked him back to the car, which happens daily in Baltimore. I remember doing that. But By the way, when I watched that, Gregory, I was cheering. I was cheering. I stood up. (laughs) I gave you the slow clap. I did it all. It made me proud, but it reminded me of the foot chases I had. It reminded me of being a rookie and the first foot pursuit I had where you're trying to talk on the radio and tell people where you are. No one can understand you. You're, you're out of breath. It, it's, and the burn you get in your legs and your lower back from all that equipment and the adrenaline. It's it's an act of, a miraculous act where people can keep your composure
1: and, and catch a bad guy and bring their back. No fuss, no muss, you did great. Absolutely, thank you. Uh, and and make, make no mistake, you know, the foot chase was clean. Everything was good and all. But I had no clue where I was. I had absolutely no clue where I was. I've done I that lost. too. I've been <laughs> in other
0: districts and where Chase has gone in other districts. And I have no idea where I'm at. And the worst thing you could do as a police, I remember being in field training and then graduating the academy and having a couple of days where I had a ride with a senior officer and he would scream every now and then, where are you? And if I didn't know, he'd say, if shots are being fired, you, you couldn't tell the dispatcher
1: where you were and you know, they'll exactly, help yeah. find you. My field do the same thing. Stop oh. in the middle of the block and you have no clue where you are and you're where you are. Yeah, what's the last intersection you passed? I don't know, I'm
0: not <laughs> worthy. Uh, it, it, but running with all that equipment on, it is not an easy task. It's, it's very, very difficult to do. And it's also, I don't know how to describe this, maybe you can help. You have to turn off that switch. There's a normal switch that people have. You're saying, okay, this could be a really bad life and death situation but I'm going to chase him anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think anytime you go into, you know, you, you, as a police officer, you begin to develop a, the ability to determine the lethality of a situation. Now, that's not, while that isn't always the case, a lot of times your suspects will, will obviously give you hints as to what's about to happen. And all you need to do is pay attention and make a decision on how you're going to act. For instance, if, I'm, if I pull over a car and he, gets out of the car and starts running, for instance, if he's not grabbing for anything, if he's not reaching for anything, he's not pu- putting his hands in places where, where guns are normally carried, then I know that the, the lethality of this situation isn't very high. while it could change in a blink of an eye. My assumption at this point is that right now we're just a foot chase, we just have a traffic incident, you know so, so I'm, while, I'm, while I'm excited, you know the adrenaline's there, it's not life or death Now. We can flip the script and say, let's say he bails out of the car. He's now reaching into his his area, which is the lower part of his stomach, which, people, which is where uh, people normally carry guns. Well, now that situation just got a little more escalated because now he may be an armed person. He may try and shoot at me. So now this turns into a life or death situation.
0: We used to have a word or phrase for that. It was called the dance, and I'm, I'm bleeping out part of it. But the rule of thumb was, that if someone had a gun, and if they knew you were a an aggressive police, I don't mean aggressive in a bad way. When you made eye contact, that person who's armed with a gun almost inevitably, without fail, would put their hand on it. And when they realized that they were armed, and you knew they're armed, they did a little dance. It's almost like a little spasm, and then it was on. Yeah. And you could see that it happened nine point five times out of ten. Very rare was it a case where a bad guy could control himself and control his emotions. And these are things that you just don't get in the academy. You're taught that from the experienced officers on the street. Did you find that to be a case with you?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of things in the academy, you know, their they're textbook, a lot of things are kind of just straightforward. And when you get out on the street, they're not really that straightforward. Um There's a lot of things you need to pick up on from veteran officers and you just being aware of your own surroundings. But like I said, there's a lot of things that that they're they're not taught in the academy. Yeah, you are taught um, characteristics of an armed person holding the gun or or, or security checking to make sure the gun's still there. But there's just certain things that we weren't taught in the academy, like somebody placing a gun under under the wheel wells of the car. I wasn't taught that. I had no clue. You know, one of the veteran officers said, all right, be careful of this guy on the side of the car. He's on that side of the car for a reason. Lo and behold, there's a gun under the wheel well. We're
0: going to take a short break. We are talking with Officer Parker. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. One of the questions I get all the time is how can I show my support for law enforcement? Well, we're all busy. You probably can't go to a protest march. You probably can't go picket somewhere. But there's something very simple you can do with Facebook. When you see a post that you agree with, that you like, share it to your page. It's just that simple. Think of it this way. Facebook has about two billion registered users worldwide. So you can make a difference. And one of the best places to find great posts about law enforcement, our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. And when you see posts that you like, you agree with, especially episodes of the radio show and podcast, be sure to share it on your social media. Again, do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. And then show your support by sharing. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show, Never fear. You can listen to them online as a podcast. Just go to our website, letradioshow.com, where you'll find all the podcast episodes and much more. That's letradioshow.com. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. I'm John J. Wiley. I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant, and I'm joined by special guest, Police Officer Gregory Parker from the Baltimore Police Department. By the way, it took a lot of effort to make this happen, both on Gregory's part and mine, and a big thanks to command staff of the Baltimore Police Department for making this happen uh, and allowing it to happen. Gregory, first of all, thank you for your service. I know what it's like to be a police in Baltimore, and I have a lot of love in my heart still for Baltimore. It's not my hometown. I came from Southern Maryland. I was a Navy brat, I lived everywhere. Uh, and Baltimore was hiring in 1980, and I went on, yep, that long ago, and uh, <laughs> I got hurt and retired after a little more than 11 years, and was retired at the age of 33. Uh, you've been on h- how long now?
1: Uh, this is going into my fifth year now. So I, I have four completed as of April 11th of this year. So I'm, uh, I'm into my fifth year now. And
0: is it what you thought it would be at this point?
1: Man, that that is a real. That question has so many answers. <laughs> um, it was when I first came on. I would say that it, it was everything I wanted it to be and more. But as the time goes on and the, the the law changes, the politics change, the job changes, the people change, the respect for police has changed. And I think, is it what I thought it would be now today, 2020? No, absolutely not. Was it what I thought it would be when I came on, 2016? Sure, absolutely. But now, no. Oh my gosh, it's done a complete 180.
0: I see you wouldn't you're saying you've got five years on. That means you got 20 more to go to retire. And hopefully you have a great, very successful career. Uh, and I hope you do your full, your full ride there. So many people leave. After five, six years. And one of the reasons is you learn so much about policing in Baltimore. We were one man units back then. I don't know if you are still. Uh, and you handled everything from soup to nuts. And guys would leave at three, four, five years, go to other state agencies, uh, other states or federal, and they had great careers. But in 20 years, in my 11 and change, there was so much that I went through that so many officers killed so many officers injured uh, i went through severe injuries myself and it takes it can take an extreme devastating toll on people uh, mentally and emotionally uh, that sounds to me like something you're very much aware of and on top of
1: uh, absolutely yeah the job takes it takes a physical toll a mental and emotional 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 toll on you some days you, you have fatalities you know if if, if that bothers you that's going to bother you. You're going you're gonna to see that. You know, um, my thing is I, I just don't like seeing kids hurt. Yeah. Obviously, uh, I, I have a newborn, but things like that bother you. But if you don't, if you have an outlet, my outlet is, is working out. My outlet is, is the gym, running. Uh, I, I love to bike. I love to cycle. I do that on my, my downtime when I'm not with my son. So you need to have an outlet because if you don't, the years and years of the stress of this job will build up and it will cause more harm than good.
0: So you took all this outlet, your your physical fitness, your activities, your exercising, and it propelled you to this television show, Ultimate Tag, which you went to California to film. And you had the, the Watt brothers from uh, professional football players there. How would you describe that experience?
1: Oh, man, I, I would say it was life-changing. I think that it showed me that there's so much more in the world than what we know it to be. I, I think it showed me that hard work and, and taking quality risk, I, it, it, it pays off. The world is so much bigger than what we see. Outside the box is so much more vast than inside the box in which a lot of us tend to live in. So I think it just made me a lot more motivated not to only go out and do for myself, but to go out and inspire other, others to do for themselves. So if I can change who I am as a person for the better and show other people that this is possible, I believe that is how we truly change the world, by changing ourselves and in hopes of inspiring others to change the world. So it definitely changed my point of view on life. That's
0: phenomenal, because the only real restrictions we have in life, i found, are the ones we impose on ourselves. And uh, there's there's a simple prayer that I try to remember to say all the time is, don't let anybody steal my dreams. Don't let anybody crush my ambition. and, And most of all, don't let that person be me.
1: Oh, yeah. Most definitely. That's powerful.
0: Because I've got this guy inside of my head that every now and then will say, what, are you kidding me? You're not going to do that. Why would you do that? No one's going to appreciate that. And I,
1: I can't listen to that guy. I've just got to like grind on. Your biggest enemy will be the person you wake up and see in the mirror every day. And we're not talking about Everybody another person, right? We're talking about can you. say what they want. <laughs> Your friends can say what they want. Your yeah. bosses can say what they want. But at the end of the day, they can do nothing to stop you. Their words are going to be words. The only person that is powerful enough to stop you is the person that you wake up and see every day.
0: Do you carry that message to the young people that you come in contact with or try to when you're working the streets?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I am who I am, in uniform, out of uniform. I try my hardest to motivate, especially those that are in, in, in not so good situations that they don't have to be a, bi- they don't have to be a product of, of their situation that they don't have to allow their situation to dictate their futures. You know, I I always try to carry that message with me and and spread it along the others.
0: One of the things that I found, I spent most of my career in northwest part of Baltimore, and then also my appointment as Sergeant, I was a central district in the Pennsylvania Avenue area. And so many people that I met, uh, had never been out of their own neighborhood. Or if they were out of their own neighborhood, they made it to downtown the Inner Harbor once or twice, and that's it. Their world was very small. They had no concept of any other parts of the United States or the world, for that matter. And it was really, and still is, very depressing when you hear that and you see that.
1: Uh, exactly. No, that, that 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 is very sad. I'm, I am very saddened by that. I have experienced that myself when somebody who, who's, who's 11, 12, 13, 14 years old tells you that they've never been out of a small 50 block radius of, of the city and you, you sit there and you can't figure out why they have never been out of the city. But my biggest issue is I think that that befalls on the parents. You know, there's not... An 11-year-old can't do much traveling alone. And I think um, we as parents have to have to teach them that there is something better out there. We have to tell them that there is another world out there, that there is something outside of what they know that they can achieve, that if they take the risk, that the risk is worth it and that it will pay off and that their biggest enemy is the person that they're going to see every day. It's not going to be their environment. It's not going to be the people around them. It's not going to be their neighborhood. It's not going to be Baltimore City. It's not going to be Maryland. It's going to be themselves. So if they want to go out and overcome And their biggest enemy is the person that they face in the mirror. It's none of their situation. It's it's not any of that. And I think that's what we we generally have to get back to. We have to inspire our kids to want to go out and do more.
0: And part of that, you are doing not just on the streets, by the way, which is admirable. You're you're doing it with social media. And I tell people this all the time. I I had a a change of, of my thought process that Facebook is the world's largest marketing platform out there. And it's yours available for free. So be careful what you post because you can post anything. You can post something and change your world. And that's kind of like your mission in life now, isn't it?
1: It is. It's to to inspire others, to change the world, to change the way we think and, and the way we view others, to bring us together while, you know, in chaos, in moments of chaos. That so that has been just that has always been my message before I became popular on social media, if you, you go to my page, Offspark, and you look back years and years, you'll see in 2018, 17, I didn't have a really big page. And I still posted the same thing in hopes of inspiring people and in, in, in creating change. But I don't just talk. So my, my message to, to people and to make it clear is that I go out and I actually do these things. I actually go out and take risks. And I, my hopes is that they'll see me change. And that they will be then willing to say, okay, if this guy did it and he's showing me that I can do it and he's done it himself, then I can then go out and do it for myself. And that's how you create the effect on the universe. Everybody will be able to do what they see. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: it's absolutely right. It's a powerful message and and you are a powerful example. It's easy to talk the talk. It's a lot tougher to walk the walk. Police Officer Gregory Parker, also known online as Officer Parker. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show, and thanks very much for your service.
1: Absolutely. I had a pleasure. Thank you. Check out our Facebook
0: page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. When you get there, click like and follow. As click, like, and follow Law Enforcement Today radio show on Facebook. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley.
1: See ya.